Ahoy. <laughs> How about that? Can you believe we're actually in the same room again while still socially distanced? <laughs> yes. Socially distanced is the way to be, apparently. <laughs> but we're trying this. Um, so if it sounds a little different than what you're normally used to, that's why, because we are trying to be safe. Um, we're sitting at a different part of the room so yes. that we are you know, maintaining our six feet apart standards. We don't have masks on because that seems like it'd be detrimental to the podcast. It does seem like it would muffle things a little. And, and also breathing. I'm struggling with that enough as it is. And Same. It's really hard when you wear glasses muffled. too. Yeah. Just FYI. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but we are here and we're trying to get uh, some back to some semblance of normalcy. And we'll see how that goes. It has been a very severe change in direction. You know, it's been That's everything that we've done has been... You know, we're used to a certain way of doing church, of doing podcasts, of doing life. And then the coronavirus interrupted all that. Very suddenly. Yeah, it did. It seemed. And it it kind of turned life on a dime. Which is exactly what happened to Paul in Acts chapter 9. So Paul was used to the life that he was living and the expectations that he had. Some things don't change. That he had of how God operated and what God expected. And... Um, this this impurity in the nation of Israel, this sect of these Jesus followers, um, that that was a problem because as long as this impurity remained, then the true true Messiah wasn't going to come. This was an, uh, an affront to God, and so Saul, sticking with what he had always known and had always believed, was absolutely rejecting this change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fairness, uh, just to try to, to look at it from his perspective, he was closed-minded to it because he had learned there's one God, this is the way it is. You know, in, in, his, in what he perceived as devotion to God, uh, he was very zealous. He was very passionate. Uh, and his sincerely held religious beliefs dictated that he take these actions. Well... In doing this, he actually was zealous for, without really realizing it, he was zealous for this religion, the, this Jewish religion, more than for what God was doing. And I think that happens to a lot of us where right. we get, uh, <clears throat> we, we say that we want to follow Christ, but what we really follow is a religious form of Christianity. We talked a little bit about that last week mm-hmm. with the true and false conversions and now what happens in acts chapter 9 is a very clear um true conversion for saul in that he's you know he's persecuting the jews in uh, jerusalem the the christians in jerusalem i should say and as he's doing that going from house to house dragging people out of their homes to put them in jail and to persecute them he's wreaking havoc on the church the that action by itself served God's purposes in scattering the believers to Judea and Samaria. And so the word was being spread. And then we see Stephen and we see Philip and, and what's happening there. Well, now we pick up with the story of Saul's conversion. We're not going to really see Saul again uh, in significance until uh, we get to... Um, like chapter, I think he'll come up again in chapter 11, but in chapter 13, we see a major shift where um, up until, you know, through the first 11 chapters or so, 
uh, we're going to see this primarily, this, this whole ministry is primarily focused on Peter and the Twelve. And then in 13 and following, it's going to be primarily, the, the story is going to primarily follow uh, Saul, who at that point will be known as Paul for most of it. Uh, and, and so this transition that happens for him is, you know, it's an undeniable thing. Mm-hmm. He actually meets Jesus face to face. Talk about your come to Jesus moment right. here. Jesus comes to him and he's gone to the synagogue. He's gone to the Sanhedrin and he got these letters of authority to go and, um, and hunt down Christians in Damascus. So he's on his way to Damascus. And as he's heading there on this road, uh, he hears a voice, sees a light, a light brighter than the sun, as as he describes it later on. And this... Uh, I play 84, my bad. Okay. Uh, Sorry, technical difficulties. <laughs> so anyway, as we're working through the, the whole uh, persecution, chasing down, all that kind of stuff, Jesus interrupts him. Completely, you know, just uproots everything at that point. So everything that Saul thought he knew is upside down now. Not only that, but to get his attention, Jesus, you know, he says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you? Well, I'm Jesus. I'm you persecuting. And then he strikes him blind. So while, as long as Saul could see what he thought, he could see with his regular senses, with his regular understanding. He was not attuned to what God was telling him. In this humility of having to be led around by the hand in his blindness, um, God got his attention and he spoke. And so then uh, at the same time, the Lord gives, um, gives this man Ananias a vision and tells him to go uh, go to this house on Straight Street and to find a man named Saul who's praying and the, um, the Lord gives Saul a vision that a man named Ananias is going to come. And so Ananias is like, uh, what? Isn't that the same guy that I've been hearing about that's, you know, dragging people out of their homes and all this? He's doing these terrible things. And the Lord says, I got a plan. You do what I tell you and, and this is right. You know, And so probably with much trepidation, Ananias goes. And he says, Saul, I'm here. Let me tell you about Jesus. Goes through this whole thing. Scales fall off of Saul's eyes physically and also metaphorically in that he's able to now see the Messiah that he could not see before. And so while he had been persecuting the church, the whole time the Lord was working toward him. And, and again, as you see all the things that we've been talking about over the last several weeks coming together, God is sovereign in our, suffer, in our suffering. Whatever we're going through, these difficulties, God's working all of these things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so as he does it, the bad things in life, uh, all of the, the most difficult things are designed to first bring us to Christ mm-hmm. and then once we've come to Christ to make us more like Christ, to shape us into his image and prepare us for heaven. So um, this is what Saul is going through. And now we'll see through the rest of the story, especially in the latter half of the book of Acts, that all the things that God had done 
in and to and through and for Saul prior to his conversion will come come into the story uh, throughout a variety of different events, even things like his citizenship and where he's born and the, the influence that he has because of that, the education that he has. All of these things that he was using for his own purposes counter to Christ up until his conversion. Now, now he's kind of flipping that and they're all going to be used for the ministry. But God had that planned straight through. All the way along, God right. had already had that planned out. So now in this change, Saul does a whole lot more than just profess with his mouth. He actually, this, this is an inside change. And we'll see even that, you know, people don't believe it. They, you know, they don't want him around because he's a scary guy. Well, then he ends up being persecuted. And that persecution, as they're trying to, to stone Saul, wait a minute, we sent him out to get these Christians. Now he's one of them. He's leading them. He's teaching them what's going on. Um, and they end up, you know, a lot of people remember from Sunday school stories, they lower him up uh, through an opening in the wall with a basket. And sometimes we focus in just on, ha, cool, you know, that looks good on a flannel graph. We're going right. to, you know, lower him down. But it's really more than that. It's this whole picture that that even that persecution that he's going through, God is using that as sort of a, a um, you know credentials for all these other believers who were loath to receive him. But wait a minute, he's going through the same thing as we're going through. Why would he? Why would he go through this? Why would he? You know, be stoned. Why would he be in jeopardy if he were not truly converted? Right. He's and not so, going to do it to you know, prove a point. Yeah. So there's a, there's a testing of the faith that becomes a proving ground, uh, not only for him himself to know that this is genuine, uh, but for those around him to know that he is also a brother. And so God, if God can capture Saul's heart and, and open his eyes, he can open anyone's eyes. And, and Jesus talked about in John three, that the, it's like the blowing of the wind. You don't know where it's mm-hmm. going or, or, where it's coming from, um, but only the Spirit of God knows what He's doing. We can't predict who in the world uh, in the Christians is end up being the greatest evangelist right. in the history of the world. So God has a plan. God does what He plans. God knows what those plans are and how it's going to play out. And it doesn't have to make sense to us. It's His grace, and that's going to be Paul. The theme of Paul's life is this: this is not about works it's not about my righteousness or how zealous i can be this is from from god from beginning to end first to last it's grace after grace we'll stop there uh it's good to be semi back to normal so we will something almost like it yeah Yeah. something almost real i thought you were Uh, gonna say that (laughs) uh we'll try to continue this for for the time being um and then hopefully one day soon get back to normal normal which is so professional. Um, and it was my nickname in high school. And it was. <laughs> Something normal was not, my, was not my nickname in high school. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, if you have any questions, let us know. And uh, this is the upcoming message for this Sunday. So if you want to check out our uh, video of our service on Facebook or YouTube uh, or the, our website now, it's available there on Sunday mornings as well. What is that website? Uh, reallifeonline.org. <laughs> 
They'll put me on the spot. Um, so yeah, you can plenty of platforms to check it out. Uh, join us at ten o four on Sunday mornings. I believe YouTube starts a couple minutes early. Starts at ten. <laughs> but uh, we'll see you guys this Sunday, and you can you can join us for worship. Thanks for listening.